Well, 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 man. Welcome, y'all, to another episode, another podcast. Um, really, this the intermission right here. So, we gonna be, um, you know, just talking about producer lingo. You know, different terminology, different, different, um, you know, yeah. different, different lingo. Verbiage. Yeah, different verbiage for people that don't know or yeah. people that ain't producers or want to know more about the producer world, man. Uh-huh. So um, here we are today. I got my boy right here. He's the coldest producer that I know. <laughs> uh, my boy, Demetrius. I appreciate you for sure. For sure. Uh, Demetrius Hamilton. Producer name, Maestro Meech. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, yeah, let me throw that in there. Maestro Meech is the producer name. That's it. So, that's it. Y'all get it right. Get it tight. That's it. Producer lingo. Those are words that, you know, regular people like us, you know what I'm saying, don't really know. Yeah, might not be too familiar with. Yeah, yeah. But love music, you know, love the sounds of music, love everything about it, mm-hmm. but just don't know the technicalities of Background it. Background information. Right. Yeah. Stuff that the engineers and the producers and the artists might know. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you are one of them. Yes. Correct? Yeah. I've learned over time, man. Uh, initially, you know, I was just like everybody else. I had no clue about that verbiage or that lingo or just the different things that go on behind the scenes when you're making a beat in a doll. That's one of the words that uh, we know about. <laughs> Daw. Yeah, Daw. So, Daw. How is it? D-A-W, that's right? It. D-A-W. Okay. Uh, it's an acronym for a digital audio workshop. So oh. Basically, you know, if you go to a real studio, a physical studio, you got your faders, you got your console board, you got your keyboards, guitars, yeah. and all that stuff, your mic preamps. But, uh, you know, today you might not have access to all of that. And then on top right. of that, you know, if you're just starting, you might not have the money to go to a physical studio every time. So, uh, that's where your dolls kick in. Like, you know, anybody can get a doll now. A teenager can get a doll. Anybody can buy a doll. So basically what a DAW does, it gives you access to all those things you would have in a studio on your laptop. So it's just like a software digital version of an actual studio that you can step into. Wow. Wow. So everyone, no matter the age, Anybody. can obtain a doll. That's right, that's right. Recording quality yep. doll. Anybody, yeah. So um, you got your, like one that's real common, well-known, Fruity Loops. A lot of people loop, use Fruity Loops. Okay. Uh, Pro Tools, that's a doll. Okay. You got Cubase, you got Reason. Uh, you got one of my favorites, Machine. Okay. That's what I use to okay. make my beats. So you not only... Uh, Garage Band. Mm-hmm. Uh, All of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So you do have a... a Variety. Assortment mm-hmm. of variety. Yeah. Okay. And like, um, even with your doll, some are better at other things oh, than another thing. You know, so got like, you. Yeah. So like the one that I use to like produce, a like a PlayStation uh-huh. versus an Xbox. Xbox. Yeah. Or versus PC or something like that. Like a PC might show better graphics for Modern Warfare or something like that. You know. So it's the same thing with a doll. Like uh, Pro Tools is just all around, but you might use Pro Tools for your vocals because that's what a lot of uh, your A-list celebrities use. But like if you just want something just for making beats, then you can stick to machine. Like that's the one I use. Like machine is strictly for making beats. Like it'll let you do vocal samples, but it's not geared towards recording an entire track. So if you're trying to lay down vocals or a background chorus or a main or something like that, like 
that's not the dog you want to use. You want to use that strictly for making your beats, and then you can switch over to a Pro Tools or Reason that'll let you okay. lay down your tracks. So dogs, dogs are made for recording. Say if I wanted to get in there and just say, la, 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 uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. You have a certain dog for that. Yeah, yeah. And then for actual beat making, uh-huh. you, you have, a, have totally a totally different yeah. dog. And then you got some dogs that integrate both of them really good. Like I said, Pro Tools, and even the one we own now, Reason, Reason lets you do everything because it's got the recording software for the vocals, but it also comes with your sound kits and your VSTs and all that that lets you make the beat, you know? Do y'all hear this? Do y'all hear this knowledge? And that's just that's just one of the words. We just gave you one word, and that was a DAW. That was a DAW. If y'all don't know what a DAW is, y'all should know now. A digital audio workstation for anybody, for dummies. <laughs> That's why you got all these one-hit wonders or <laughs> these, uh, you know what I'm saying, these yeah. popcorn rappers because anybody can have the recording That's studio true. in their house mm-hmm. with a doll. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's almost like foreign dialect to, to, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. like some people. Yeah, if you would hear somebody talk about a doll, right. you never knew what it was, you'd be like, like who they work for, you know what right. I'm saying? Like what branch of the government they in? But no, nah, it's not even that deep. It's just right. You just learn it over time. Right. Oh, and you would also use a doll, um, more so, you know, if your budget, you know, depending on your budget, you know, because Pro Tools, I know mm-hmm. the pros use that, but yeah, yeah. there's a reason why the pros exactly. use that. Exactly. It yeah. costs more money. It does. It does. <laughs> and hey, if it works for you, it works for you. But exactly. it's really what feels best to you and fits yeah, your needs as an individual because okay. um, like I, you, you'll hear several people say it doesn't matter which doll you use like you might like fruity loops and you know like your favorite artist might have an engineer that uses pro tools but your beats and fruity loops might come out just as clean as their beats and pro tools so it's not like you gotta have <laughs> the top That's standard weird. in the industry like as long as you know what you're doing yeah. on your particular workstation you're good mm. Oh, and Logic and Pro Tools, both of those dominate the uh, marketplace, um, like you said earlier, you know, amongst uh, professionals. Yeah, Yeah. like the generals in the industry. Everybody knows about Pro Tools and knows how to use it, so. Right, but that that does not mean you can't cook up on any doll. Not at all. Not at all. You can cook up on anything, man. Okay. Okay. Especially if you've been playing with, like you have some producers, uh, they productive on, all the dogs, like they just know the back ends on all of them. So you can put them in front of any workstation, right? And because they just have that long term knowledge, they just know how to jump on there, right? And make a beat. They can jump from the Pro Tools to uh, the Akai MPC to the Reason and just <laughs> go hard on all of them, you know? So, yeah, yeah, it's, it don't stop you. Once you learn different things about all of them, you kind of know they all work the same, like uh, even inside the dogs. Like now, I'm starting to switch over to some, some other terminology, like. But, like, uh, it's a common theme. Like, you got what you call ASDR, which is, like, attack, sustain, delay, and release. And that's more so engineer okay. terminology. So, okay. like, let's say you got a particular instrument. Uh-huh. Uh, the attack portion of that would determine how quickly that instrument hits when you press the button. And mm. so you got your sustain. You know, that determines how long the sound itself sustains mm. or how long it lasts. Uh, okay. Your release is kind of like sustain, but... 
it's a little more noticeable. So it's like, let's say you press one of the pedals on the piano or one yeah. of the keys. Like if it's got a short release, you'll press it and it's like, doom, yeah. and it's short. And it's but if you got, yeah, but if you got a long release, it's like, doom, and it'll fade um. off. So, you know, it's like uh, the ASDR, once you learn how to work that in one DAW, it's the same across all all the DAW, all the workstations. And repeat that terminology. ASDR, attack, sustain, delay, and release. That's what you want as a beat maker. Mm-hmm. Those are the qualities of making a beat um, that you must know in yeah. order to use a doll. For sure, for sure. So, yes, yeah. sir. And so, um, now let's let's let them know what you know a fader is. A fader. Yes. Okay. So, um, a fader. it's not one in this studio. Not one in this studio, but you usually see them in the big the professional. Big consoles. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. What are those for? Those are for that's for everything. Like specifically, you're using that when you're engineering. So uh, producers have to know what faders are too, because you do gotta control certain elements in your song with mm-hmm. the fader. But look, they have those in the doll, but they're digital. Right. But basically, the fader it allows you to manipulate. Um, volume and like i said even asdr within the digital audio workshop or even on a console they'll have a fader for that too and so basically what you can do you can you can apply a fader to each vocal or to each instrument or whatever it is that you're recording if you record something through a mic nine times out of ten it's connected to a fader so your main vocals might be connected to a fader your background vocals might be connected to a fader your kick is connected to a fader. Your snare is connected to a fader. Everything runs into its own channel. Like a fader is kind of like its own channel, mm. and so it controls every individual aspect of whatever you're recording. Mm. So every part of your song can be connected yeah. to a fader on that board, and that's what you see when you see people sitting at that board. And it makes a certain sound to it. The the fader doesn't make the sound; it manipulates right. the sound. Right. Yeah, there like you, you go. Yeah, like there you, you go. Turn yeah. it up, turn it down. Right. Uh, you can and like next to the faders, you'll see the treble and the bass, and you mm-hmm. know you can uh, control the bass amount and the treble amount that's right. coming through with that certain sound on that fader or whatever. So, like uh, for example, like with your kick, you might want your kick to have more bass than your snare. So you'll turn you'll turn up the the bass part to that fader for that channel. Okay. Know? Okay. Yeah. So let them know what a kick is. Okay, so a kick, that's just like producer terminology for a drum. You know, like, <laughs> at first I never knew what a kick was either. Was either. I, I was like, uh, what is the kick? Like, I don't know what a kick is, but right. you just learn over time. Like, once you have your beat packs and your instruments and stuff like that, you see, like, when you go to kicks, you get your, your like, like yeah. all of them make that sound. You're like, okay, that's just another word for drum okay. or whatever. So, yeah, that's what your kick is. Your kick, that's um just another word for a drum, like, when you... Go to church or something, and you see somebody sitting at the drums, yeah. and they press that pedal. Yeah, that's the kick, you mm-hmm. know. So when you think about kick, you can think about somebody sitting at a drum kick, uh, sitting on the uh, the pedal, hitting the drum, whatever. Like you got to use your foot. So foot, kick, okay. drum, they all go hand to hand. You just you learn it over time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kick. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Kick. Uh, what else? What else uh, do they need to know? Um, inside of a, a kit, you might have a whole pack of sounds. So. Like for example, they they even sell your uh, your drum kits, and they're all be full with uh, your kicks, your snares, your hi hats, your open hats, uh, your claps, your cymbals, all that stuff. Like uh, basically, 
in a in a kit, you'll have everything you need to lay down the foundation of your beat, you know, which is the percussion part of the beat. So, yeah, that's what you'll find in a lot of kits. Ah, wow. that's dope. Uh-huh. That's dope. That's dope. Um, snare. A snare. Do they? If I mean, if there are any, you know, instrumental, <laughs> you know, if there's any type of musicians or anything in your family. Uh-huh. Tell them what a snare is. If uh, it's if there's not, so a snare, basically a, a snare and a kick kind of go hand in hand. Okay. But uh, the best way to describe the snare, it's not a drum. It's percussion, and it's probably the main percussion instrument throughout the song. So it's like you know how you'll have a kick, then a clap, like a like yeah. that part would be your snare. But a snare sounds a little bit different. From a clap. And the thing about it, uh, you got a lot of different versions of snares. Like you can open up a doll and you'll have a thousand snares. So right. it might one might sound more like a clap, one might sound more like a, a snap, like one might be a combination of a clap and a snap. Like snares, it's a lot of them. It's it's real diverse when it comes to snares. Like you got a lot right. of options. So but yeah, those two they laid a foundation for so claps aren't the same thing as snares. No, you can easily identify the difference between a clap and a snare, but oftentimes <laughs> you'll hear they go in the same place. Like yeah. if you're going to use a clap, you're going to use a clap. If you're going to use a snare as the right. main part of the percussion, you're going to use a snare. Or you can put one in between the other one and you can stack them, you know, but it's yeah. an obvious difference okay. between yeah, a clap and a snare. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and these are, are some of the... the um, basics of 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 maybe the art form mm-hmm. of beat making yeah the production production okay. process yeah um, like every song for the most part is going to have a kick and a snare and uh you know as far as hip hop and R&B you're going to have some high hats and some open hats and okay. stuff like that okay let's get to we're going to get to them high hats and them low hats yeah, yeah, yeah. but um let's talk about okay so are 808 um kicks or so 808s. Yeah, when you hear people say, oh, man, that was, you know. A hard 808. Yeah. Like, an 808 can be categorized as a kick sometimes because some 808s, like, when you have them in your, your beat packs or whatever, they'll already be made to have a kick, a kick in, in it. it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it'll be like a kick 808, but yeah, then you but got some. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, with a little harmony or, yeah, or something uh-huh. to, that, to the exactly. kick. Exactly. Like, they add that, that bass to the kick, but... You have some 808s. They're just strictly 808s. And the 808 is just, it's a bass line. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. you might have a guitar bass line, but a guitar bass line is different, where it's, it's really picky, uh-huh. and it can be short. But with an 808, a lot of times, you know, they differentiate, but usually they're long, like how we were talking about release earlier. Like, you might press a key on the piano, and it's like, and it fades out. That's how your 808 typically is. Like, your yeah. 808 is deep. It's woomy, it's wobbly, like it's sustained. Boomy. Exactly. Boomy, Boomy. another word for, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, terminology. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. 808's a real boomy. And that's uh, the part that really pulls a lot of people in. Like when the 808 drop, right. that's when. That's more come. of a southern style Definitely. type beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. Sure. And you say um, hi hats. Let's talk to them about hi hats so and low hats and. Yeah, and then I I also want to go back to to you know structuring okay. of a beat, you know gotcha. what I'm saying in the production, uh-huh. you know just 
just the lingo as far as in, okay, well, I start mine with a melody. Okay. You know, yeah. What are yeah. the different terms of why Some someone would do start it? What they do. Yeah. And they process. So, yeah. uh, with the hi hat, so you got hi hats and you got open hats. And basically, your hi hats, those are like a lot of times you'll hear them. They're like the continuous ticks, like the hi hat, like like a like a Abraham Lincoln hat, or nah, like not a, that type. Of hat. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, like, I I know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, this refers to more of like an audio sound, yeah, okay. not like that type of hat. But oh, okay, yeah. not like a baseball hat, nah, or, nah, nah, you a, know, nothing like that. Different type of category of hats. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, so okay. Yeah, hi hats. Those are like like I said, the continuous ticks you might hear in a track, like the. Oh, That's yeah. your hi-hat. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, along with those ticks, you'll get a tss. That's your open hat. So okay. you got hi-hat, then you got your open hat. So okay. it's two types of hats. Open hat ain't got a hole in it. That ain't that ain't no hat with a <laughs> hole in it either. No, no, All no. right, okay. No. Okay. Just to see if y'all listening, oh, yeah. y'all should know now the difference between a hi-hat mm-hmm. and, and a open. and a open hat. Open hat. Uh-huh. Now, low hat. A low hat. I've never heard of a low hat. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. 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 I was just testing. Nah. I was just testing your your producer <laughs> skills. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Sure I was just. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, I I just had to. For sure. For sure. Okay. For now sure. now let's talk about the structuring of a beat. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it really just depends on how you operate as a producer. Uh, some people like their melodies first. Some people need the actual uh, drum kit foundation of the the hi hat, the snares. And the kick, and some people want to hear the 808 first. It's really just about what makes you move or puts you into your element as a producer. You know what I'm saying? Like bass might be the thing that makes you, you know, want to start making a beat. So you'll start off with your 808, and mm. then you'll come in with your melody. Uh, some people like so they, 808 they, is pretty much the bass drum, like yeah, a like a the bass. bass line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It lays down. That whole Heavy. line. The uh-huh. boomy. Boomy lingo. Lingo, exactly. that's the lingo for producers. That's it. That's, that's it. what an 808 is. Mm-hmm. Lays down your, your bass line. So some people, you know, they get motivated by their bass. Uh, personally for myself, I need a melody to get me going. Because right. once you get a melody, to me it's just easier to stack on top of it. Because once you have melody, then you can easily come up with harmony. And harmony is just like a complement to the melody or whatever. So... The melody would be the main sound of the song, you know, like sort of like, you know how you got the, um, like if an artist is recording vocals, they got their main vocal where they're singing or they're rapping, and then they got their background vocals and they got their ad lib. So if you compare the two, the melody is like the main vocal, okay. and then your harmony would be like your background sound okay. and your ad lib. So once you get that melody, for me personally, once I get a melody. Nah, nah, that makes, that makes, yeah, that's yeah. how... Mm-hmm. A beat is made. Exactly, exactly. You start with a melody. Yeah. And then you got some harmony. And the drum kit, that's the easiest part to me. Like, you could just play with that all day long because it's easy to manipulate where you want your kicks and where you want your snares once you got your, your melody going. So that's typically how I start off. I get a, me- a melody and so, uh, just so. add to it. Okay, okay. And I heard you mention the word boxy uh, earlier. Boxy? Yeah. Too much... Uh, well, uh, millihertz, too much um, high frequency or too much energy. Boxy is uh, maybe bassy. Okay. I might say bassy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, like yeah, yeah that kind of goes back to uh, the trebles. And then when you start talking about about that, now you're talking about a little more engineering. Like uh, okay, you okay, got gotcha. Your, uh, gotcha. your EQs that allow yeah. you 
to pull out, you know, the, the bassiness or the boxy, because you can have a boxy sound. And that, that refers to uh, your reverb and your EQ. EQ, that's just short terminology for equalizer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And, equal, and that's just what it does. An equalizer just lets you equalize your sound. So that you're just playing with the different frequencies. So, you know, you got your bass, you got your mid bass, then you got your treble, then you might have your really high treble. Yeah. Then you got your top high treble, which is like twenty thousand kilohertz or whatever. But yeah. that's what you're doing. You're just equalizing different sections or different bands mm. of sound to bring them into whatever sounds like perfection to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, what is a VST? Okay. Um, a VST. Uh, that's just short for a virtual instrument. Yeah. So like studio in a, technology. Yeah. Virtual studio technology. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So typically, anytime I come across VST, it's in regards to a different instrument. Like they'll sell them on websites, and uh, they'll say like virtual instrument, but studio technology, like they all go hand in hand. So, like how we were saying earlier, like your doll is just a digital form of a physical studio. Mm -hmm. That's what a VST is. It's a digital or virtual form of all the stuff that you would come across in a physical studio. So, like I said, you might have a physical piano that you can't get access to. The VST right. will right. give you a virtual piano. Or you might need a guitar, but right. you don't have a real guitar. So a VST will give you a virtual gotcha. guitar. You know gotcha. what I'm saying? And even yeah. with your EQs, like like how we were talking about the big boards and the faders, yeah. everybody doesn't have access to a $20,000 fader board. So you'll have a VST Right. For your fader, virtual studio fader, whatever. So, gotcha. yeah, that's what your VST is. Gotcha. Okay, and, and so another lingo word for uh, your speakers. Monitor, studio monitor. Yeah, yeah. studio your monitor. monitor. Uh -huh. uh, and, I mean, the monitor is basically your speakers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And okay. so, I guess the, re the reason they say it's a monitor is because your monitors, that's just what they do. They allow you to monitor sound. your sound because you're listening. Right. You know what gotcha. I'm saying? So. Yeah, that, that's why they call them monitors. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. And they got different monitors, too. Like, uh, like specifically, like the ones a lot of people use. You got your Yamahas. Yeah. Um, they're just really clean. And the mm. reason a lot of people mix with them, especially engineers, is because they give you a flat sound. And the reason that's important is because uh, it doesn't distort or give you a false reality of what you really hear. You know what I'm saying? Because like uh, if you mix in a beat, like you want to be able to hear how boomy or how bassy the bass really is, you know? So you don't want to mix with a pair of monitors that might be too boomy because once you play it in the car on the radio, you'll notice that it overtakes every other aspect of the song. So it's good to, to for me personally, to mix with something that gives you a flat sound yeah. because it gives you the real identity of that sound like you know if you if you mix with some uh some beats by Dre's you know you're gonna come out to mix with some over bassy bass you know what I'm yeah. saying because yeah you mixed on something to amplify the bass but that's not what you want you want something flat for me personally you got some producers they like to make they they beats you know with the bass while right. they making it so right. it just depends on uh how you produce or how you mix but I right. think it's best to go with the flat sound with the Yamahas. And, you know, you got your Rockets. I think they call them KRKs or something like that. Yeah. But uh, those are known for the bass. So you got different types of monitors just for um, different needs, you know. And does it help? Does it help the effect of, of 
of beat making of, of the craft yeah yeah like definitely um because for me personally it uh it just gives me the ability to make sure my sound comes out clean you know like how they yeah. say radio ready yeah like if you want to make sure you got a radio ready sound yeah then you want to listen to something that's going to give you a true sound and not a false distortion and that's why it's good to mix on something flat yeah. like some yamahas because when you hear it on the yamahas that's how it's really gonna sound you know like <laughs> it's, it's gonna come across okay in that way that you heard it on the yamaha yeah yeah and uh even on top of that a lot of your headphones that you use are also referred to as monitors and they have the same effect as some of the uh the speakers mm. that you might use when you uh mix or when you produce so um like i know a lot of engineers will use headphones too just because they all give you a different ability to critique yeah. the sound like when right. it's closer to you you can monitor for me personally i like yeah. headphones i can monitor right. better right in headphones and then right. i'll move it to my uh, studio monitors or my speakers when right. i'm finally finishing up but while um, i'm mixing i want it close to my ears yeah. because i get a better perception of the overall sound okay yeah okay um what are some other terminologies lingo that you think they should other know people about might not be aware. yeah you know okay uh well reverb like we haven't really talked about what reverb is so basically okay. reverb is what gives your music the sound or the idea of space, you know mm. what I'm saying? Because like, like if you record without reverb, it's yeah. gonna sound real flat right. or really dim. Like it won't have any character to it, you know. Mm. So when a person adds reverb, like uh, so for example, somebody who uses a lot of reverb, that might be like Travis Scott. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when he speaks or when he raps, it sounds like it's trailing off into yeah. a distance. That's yeah. your reverb, and okay. it just gives you that ambient feeling. Like you're in, like you're actually at a concert or like you're actually in a big audience or something like that. Yeah. Like it gives character to the music, you know, like it allows you to immerse yourself right. in the music a little bit more too. So uh, depending on what type of sound you're trying to convey, uh -huh. that'll determine what type of, what type of reverb you want to use. You got your uh, drum pads. So, drum pads. Okay. Yeah, so okay. uh, a lot of dolls... Like I said, they operate differently. Some dolls come with the drum pad, and some dolls don't. So for the ones that don't come with the drum pad, you literally do everything on the laptop. So when you're inserting the kick, or when you're inserting the snare, or an instrument, or whatever, it's all on the keyboard, like your, uh, the keyboard that comes with the computer. But if you have a drum pad, basically what the drum pad does is it assigns a sound to each square. Like a lot of times you see it as like a square or a rectangle, yeah. but a drum pad allows you to assign a sound to each pad, and you can play the pad, and you can play your music into your DAW with the drum pad. So it just, yeah, it makes it a little more interactive. Like some people just um, need something they can put their hands on to make yeah. a beat like they're more of a hands-on producer. Yeah. So like a drum pad just gives you that ability right. to tap your beat in Right. through uh, like an external instrument instead of just looking at a laptop yeah. all day. And that's one thing that took me from reason to machine. Uh, I just got bored with it, you know, and I always Do wanted... Do you use a drum pad? Yeah, like so... A I, lot of producers should use them or... 
No, they just don't. It's it's optional. Like okay. like how we were talking about whatever doll makes you feel comfortable. Like right. that's what you use. So right. you might be the producer who likes to type in his hi hats with his mouse or right. his mouse pad. That's cool, you know. But if you want to play around with a drum pad and just yeah. tap on the pad, yeah, then that's cool for you, you know. So right. like I said, I got bored with doing everything on a computer, and I always wanted an Akai NPC. But I saw that um, Native Instruments had a machine that looked almost just like the Akai, and it so separately, no, or okay. built into the computer, built into the doll. So the doll, like they're integrated, they're one. So when you buy machine, you get both of them. You oh, get the wow. drum pad, and it comes with the oh, song. Yeah, wow. and that's why I bought it because oh, I went, oh, wow. this is dope because yeah. you get the best of both worlds. Right, like, like you can use your doll separate from yeah. the drum pad or use both. And uh, they even have it now. You don't even need a computer no more. Like, you yeah. can just have a drum pad and right. do everything on the drum pad. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they really advanced to the point where you can look at a screen yeah. on a drum pad and never use your computer. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, another one might be your compressor instrument or another uh, VST that you might find. It's a compressor. And a yeah. compressor just allows you. It basically does what it says it does. It compresses that instrument or that uh, certain sound that you're trying to compress. And basically, it just makes that sound more, uh, it gives it more life. It it sort of squeezes more life into it because without Mm. a compressor, your vocals or your kick, it might be dull. Mm. You know, it might not have a lot of life to it. But when you put a compressor on it, you'll see that your kick is punchier, you know, Mm. or you'll see that your your instrument... And punchier means, well, punchy. Yeah, like, so... It just means it hits harder. You got some other things too, man. Uh, stereo imagers. Okay. So basically, a stereo imager uh, that gives sort of like a surround sound, somewhat to your sounds. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you got what you would refer to as mono and stereo. Yeah. Or, for example, like, okay, so you know how your main vocal might be centered in the middle of your track, like when you're listening to a song. And uh, the artist is singing. The main vocal is always in the middle. Yeah. So if you want background vocals or you want vocals to sound like they're complementing that middle vocal, yeah. what you'll do is you'll put vocals on the side. And that's what your stereo imager allows you to do. So uh, it's called a stereo imager because, you know, you got your music, which is your stereo, then you got your image. But it's creating that uh, audio perspective or audio image. For your music when you're listening to it, so if you want to see it or hear it like it's outside, that's what the stereo imager allows okay. you to do. It allows you to push the image of that sound to the outside, so it sounds like it's right. out here. Whereas it would typically just be in the middle, you know, right. with your main vocal. Your stereo imager pushes your vocals right. to the outside as your background vocals. So right. yeah, that's another thing that you can use, and it doesn't just apply to vocals; it applies to sounds too. So like if I'm making a beat. And I want my piano to sound like it's more outside of my main synthesizer, which is in the middle. Yeah. I'll just turn up or increase the notch on the stereo imager. And now my piano sounds like it's out here, like mm. it's the background right. for that main sound. Right. Yeah. Instead of the main main attraction. The main instrument. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It allows you to stack stuff. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another... Uh, Definition. Body. Body. The frequency range of an instrument where it produces the richest tone, often around 
800 HZ uh, to HZ. 1 kilohertz. Okay, I know what kilohertz is. Maybe HZ is hertz. Just okay. hertz. Okay. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So, duh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boomy. Too much low frequency energy. To get rid of boominess, cut frequencies below 120 hertz. Yeah. What is boomy? What is too much low frequency? Too much low frequency. So that means that's basically just too much bass. So like, let's say, uh, like if you have a piano, you don't want your piano to be bassy because it's not an 808. It's not a bass (laughs) line. But you can make it sound like that. You can if you want to, you know, but like, let's just say you want a crisp, clean piano. That's just got Put a real piano. A, exactly, a real uh, piano. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you hear real piano, you don't hear, it don't sound like an 808. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't hear this bass drowning out the piano. So uh, when you have it in your DAW or whatever, you don't want it to come across like a bassy type instrument. You want it to sound like a real piano or whatever. So what you'll do, like they just said, you'll cut out those frequencies by turning that part of the frequency down with your, uh, your equalizer. So your equalizer will let you cut out those sounds that can drown out your actual bass. And that's that's one reason why it's important to cut out, now you good, to cut out certain sounds um, for each instrument, actually. Because, um, like, typically, like, I didn't do this at first, but, uh, like, every instrument that you put into a mix should be EQ'd or equalized. Like, so, like, how we were talking about, you could put your own, or you could put every vocal on a different fader, yeah. Um, like every instrument should kind of have either access to a uh, equalizer or have its own equalizer so that you can cut out different parts of that instrument that you don't want to come across. Because, you know, like your bass line, that you want your bass to be in your bass line. You don't want it in your guitars. You don't want it in your bells. You don't want it in your snares and your claps. Like those aren't bassy instruments. So yeah. if you leave all your bass on those other instruments, then it'll clash with the bass on your 808 and with your bass line. How do you leave it on the other instrument? By not EQing it. Okay. So if you don't EQ it, it's automatically. So making a beat, you you have to mix it and yeah, EQ it. Like, it um, can you do it like all in one uh, while you're making the beat? You can. Like uh, typically, like so what a lot of producers do, they'll make the beat, then they'll EQ it. Uh, me personally, I just knock everything out at one time because I like to hear my stuff clean as I'm producing it. So if I'm working on one instrument and I know it's got too much bass on it, then I just go ahead, throw an EQ on there, knock the bass what out. Is, what is clean? So to me... When you say clean. When I say clean, I just mean sort of like radio ready. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like if it doesn't sound radio ready or like pristine enough for somebody else to hear it and be like, oh, that's dope. That means I need to go in there and clean it up, so to speak. Like, to clean it up means to get rid of those frequencies that shouldn't be in there. So, yeah, that's what clean is. Like, when it's rid of those How do you know frequencies. them frequencies are in there, though? You just hear them over time, man. Yeah. Like, because, uh, okay. you know, initially, like, and I, I'm sure every producer has had this moment where you make your first beat or your first couple of beats, and you think they all hard, you think they all dope, you think they all sound good. Right. You probably think they're ready, ready for some airplay. Right. But... As you advance and you listen back, it's like, oh man, that beat, <laughs> that beat wasn't ready. It wasn't clean, and like the way you develop your ears, really is by comparing 
your beats to what you hear on the radio, you know, because what's on the radio is top tier. You know, it's like right. top standard. So you listen to something that's high quality and you compare it to yours, and that's how you know what's clean and what's not clean. Yeah, so you right. yeah, you listen to, you know, a professional artist or a professional music that's already out, and you, uh, you fine-tune your ears to that, and that gives you an idea of what your stuff should sound like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What does air, air mean? It refers to frequencies above 12 kilohertz. Okay. Air, I know a lot of times air refers to the sound of vocals. Song, yeah, yeah. to breathe a little. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A feeling of space, spaciousness. Yeah, so vocals, like, uh, you know how, you know, somebody might be singing, and, um, like, you can hear the breath. Yeah, behind their vocals, like they sound <laughs> right. like they're really there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like Jay Z or somebody. Yeah, or like yeah, that like that's he, picking up a certain air, a certain frequency, or like you know with um Adele or Beyonce, or like real singers. Yeah, like when they sing, you can hear like the really soft touches right to the to their voice yeah. that typically you wouldn't hear. Like like you, it's it's real intimate. Like when okay. it's airy, you really get. The overall true sound of that artist. Can you do that with a beat? Is it make it not, airy? Not so. I no, I think it's a little bit different with okay. the beat. You can make okay. a, a beat very reverbish, okay. and then maybe you could interchange the word airy with yeah. reverb, and that way, like how I said with Travis yeah. Scott, when he makes a lot of his songs, like his lyrics sound like they trailing off into yeah. a distance. You can make a sound sound like that. So you can also make a beat. Uh, sound like um, chopped and screwed, right? Yeah. And yeah. what would that be considered? Uh, really, so chopped and screwed. That's really when you're just slowing down the uh, the beats per minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's another one. BPM beats per minute of the mix. So BPM is just is really just the speed of the beat. So like a lot of times they have what you call a metronome, and yeah. the metronome is like that tap that you might hear uh, when people are making a beat. That yeah, the the tap. So if you're gonna chop and screw a beat, it's gonna be it's gonna be real slow. Like that's what converts it to a chopped and screwed beat. You just take that metronome and you take that BPM and you slow it down. And it's the same thing with vocals. Yeah. Is it the same thing with electronic music? Like the more techno type music, you would refer to the BPM. BPM. Yeah. So being a lot faster. Yeah. So but yeah, it's the same thing. Same. Same terminology. Now you're just turning up the BPM because, you know, when you have techno or dance or electric, you yeah. know, you're trying to get people to move. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. So you're not going to have it real low as a chopped and screwed BPM right. because that's going to put you in a laid-back, yeah. chill mode. Yeah. But if you're trying to get people pumped up, right. you know what I'm saying, your beats per minute, it's going to be faster. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be something, yeah, like your uh, your DJ type stuff. You know, your Vichys and your Calvin Harris's and... Uh, Brave type music, you know yeah, what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, that's oh, when yeah, you would speed up your BPM. Mm-hmm. Um, dark, lacking high frequency okay. brightness. Yeah, what would be a high frequency brightness? Like, so a high frequency, like if a song lacks high frequencies, that just means it doesn't have a lot of sound, like bells. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like you know, whistle like bell. something that kind of yeah, gets like, you in a good mood. Perks to beat up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of a song you could consider uh, dark. A dark song like Future has yeah. a lot of like dark, dark 
Dark Song. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's like it's very brutish. Yeah. The weekend does it a lot. Okay. You know, so a lot of times you'll hear it'll have like a, a bass. Yeah, yeah. A bass. And it'll have a pad like yeah. or something like that to go yeah. along with it. But like you said, it lacks a lot of those higher frequencies yeah. that will kind of yeah, perk you up. Uh, yeah. Something like uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Full body sound. Often a result in enhancing frequencies just above the below the main body of the instrument. Yeah. Oh, man, that's... Well, the main body of the instrument. I think, okay, in a way that could be, so, you know, based on how that's described, the depth would be, like, you know, I was talking about the stereo imager, like, you can push stuff outside. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, depth might be what makes it sit behind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah, sort of like the same thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yep, Mm -hmm. that is the same thing. Dry. An instrument without effects applied to it. Yeah, so dry would be like no reverb. So like, mm. for example, I keep bringing up Trap Scott because he uses it all, all the time, but right. you can hear it yeah. in his sounds and in his vocals. Like mm. It just makes it sound spacious. Yeah. But when something is dry, it just sounds plain. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like It just sounds like Beginner's how, beat, beat makers. A beginner's beat, yeah. yeah. Or like a regular conversation. You know, like yeah. there's nothing that differentiates your vocals from... Right. You know how you would sound when you're talking to somebody. It just sounds very like is it like it says dry. Like, a, like yeah, there's nothing like applied a textbook. To it. Like somebody was reading it. Exactly. I know what you're yeah, like like, a, like you're just listening to somebody. Computer read. read. Yeah. The, exactly. Yeah, that's dry. Computer and okay. Typically, you you don't hear a lot of dryness. Grainy or digital resolution. Okay, so grainy, that's really not what you want when you're producing. Um, Basically, like grainy is another word for distorted, mm. you know. So, um, like it might be crackly or poppy, or like yeah. it's just got a lot of stuff in the background that's not supposed to be there. Uh, mm. Yeah, that that would be grainy. But sometimes, you know, an, an artist might want some grain in there yeah. just because yeah. for the sake of artistry, yeah. and it goes along with the right. sound right. and the reason for the sound, you know. But. From an engineering perspective, you really don't want grainy right. in your in your audio. Yeah. What about edgy? Uh, An extreme of punchy, bordering on uncomfortable, depending on the music. Mm-hmm. When I think uh, about edgy, edgy, I think about rock. Okay. I think about EDM. Okay. Fast-paced stuff yeah. where you really don't care about quality. Yeah. You just care about sound and something that's going to hype you up yeah. and make you move you know what yeah. i'm saying like like if you if you want something edgy then you're not really an audiophile like an audiophile that's the person who really likes crisp clean music and doesn't want to hear you know like too much bass or too much trouble they want everything laid out perfect but you know if you're listening to edgy music or you like edgy music you don't care about none of that you just want something that's going to hype you up pump you up right. and make you want to move um, muddy, lack of definition in a sound, often a result of too much low mid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so muddy, for example, like I said, um, if you don't cut out enough bass in your 808 or your vocals, it can sound muddy. So somebody might like a muddy 808. So mm-hmm. if an 808 is muddy, that just means that the bass is highly present in that 808, so it's, it's heavy. That means it's 
it's overtaken uh, a lot of the songs. So uh, yeah, majority like of the uh-huh, songs. Uh-huh. I mean, that pretty much sums up this session of of producer, you know, camp producer right. uh, lingo. Uh, is it any other last last words or, or any um, finishing lingo that needs to be said to uh, you know the I listeners? Can, yeah, not that I can think of. We covered a lot of it, like uh, producer lingo one on one. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. lot in there. You yeah, know, like I know. You can go is. really deep. Right, this right. This podcast could probably extend for a whole another hour just right. based on right. different things you see in right. Pro Tools or. Uh, native instruments or machine yeah. or something like that. But I think for the most part, people can listen to this and they will go into a DAW and say, okay, like, we heard enough or know enough now to know how to make a beat or how to tweak a beat. So, yeah, we covered a lot. Okay. Okay, next, Producer 102 class will talk more into um, maybe actually making a beat. For sure. Um, that'd be dope, or at least for beginners. You know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah. Start them off like that. Nice. So we gave y'all a little bit of the lingo, man, a little bit of the language of, of producers, music producers. You heard it here first from your boy, James Swish, uh, Meech. That's right, Maestro Meech. Maestro, yes, what you want to tell them? Uh, uh, if you're producing, or really whatever you're doing, man, just stay encouraged, stay focused. Uh, don't give up. You know, it takes time. Uh, it, it, nothing really happens overnight. Like I said, we were talking in one portion of the podcast, you know, when you first make your first beats, you don't think they sound good, you don't think they sound radio ready, but over time, your ears develop, uh, your learning and your understanding increases, and you listen back and you say, oh man, I know a lot now that I didn't know in the beginning, and that's just with life, you know what I'm saying, so whether it's making beats, or you got a brand, or you designing clothes, just, you know, stay on it, stay diligent, and you'll grow with it, you'll get better over time, and you'll see yourself in the position you always wanted to see yourself in, so... Just keep pushing. All right, man. You heard it here first, man. Um, so when you are making your first beat or, or you know, you're trying to understand the lingual that you hear inside the studio, you heard it here first. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, comment, questions, all of that. Send it to our emails. Um, you can post it directly to the podcast site, comments, um, at podbean.com, on iTunes, all all your local um, podcasting sites. Um, reach out to us um, and give them your email, your okay. your your you know your info Contact to where they can info. reach out to you gotcha. and, and understand some things that they didn't pick up. Definitely. You know what I'm yeah, so if you want to reach out to me, get in contact. Uh, I give you the Instagram stuff too. Uh, my Instagram is my real name, Demetrius Hamilton. Email. I called him by his government. To start off the show. <laughs> my fault, bro. No, you good, you good, you good. It's all, all right, good. Cool. For sure, for sure. Because that's my artist name anyway, so I use it already. Okay. So, bet, uh, bet. Instagram, yeah, you say, you say, you say. But yeah, uh, Demetrius Hamilton, that's the Instagram um, uh, email, Hamilton at yahoo.com. If you got any questions or just want to learn a little bit more about a doll or something like that, you can reach me through there. So, there you go. All right, man. Till next time, till we hear from you again. So we see y'all again. Appreciate y'all. Y'all continue to support. Uh, We love y'all. Thank y'all. Peace. Peace.